So this morning, the message I want to bring is uh, I want to have a little fun and hopefully encourage you all uh, today a bit. But let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you see us, that you care for us, that you love us, and that you are here with us. What an amazing gift that is. And we just open up our hearts to what your Holy Spirit may say to us today. And I just ask that you would um, comfort us, be with us, inspire us, love us. And I just speak a blessing of grace on each mother here today. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so today what I want to talk about is the God of details. (laughs) God is a God of details. And so I'm going to touch on just a few things today because this is an endless subject matter in the Bible, that God is into details. And I want to start by giving us some idea of what that looks like. And um, so in Exodus 25, we see God speaking about the Ark of the Covenant and the details that he has for this. And it's quite amazing. So I'm going to read some of this to you. So tell the people of Israel to bring me sacred offerings. Accept the contributions from all whose heart are moved to offer them. Here's a list of the sacred offerings you may accept from them. (laughs) Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ramskins and fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil, for the lamp, spices for the anointing oil and fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. Have the people make an ark of acacia wood, a sacred chest 45 inches long, 27 inches wide and 27 inches high. Overlay it inside and outside with pure gold. And for possibly timing today, this is all of the things that God gave them to do just for this one thing. Talking about the cherubim and the rings and the poles and the gold. And then he says, I will meet you there and talk to you from above. The atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the Ark of the Covenant. From there, I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. God is very specific about what he asks of them in this process. And I know some of you are like, oh, Pastor Rebecca did what I usually do. I just skim right by those things when I see them, right? But there's some very fun stuff in there sometimes. And if you want to see more details, we can look at stories like Noah's Ark, where God gave Noah very specific measurements and directions of what he should do in this process. But also, even more in-depth than what I just read from the scripture is (laughs) the temple, right? That God kind of downloads this blueprint for David of what the temple is supposed to look like. And it is absolutely beautiful. And I often skipped through it when I was doing my Bible reading. But one time I actually paused and kind of put on my imagination hat and thought, like, what would that actually look like? these details of pomegranates and things that God gave. And it's, it's so beautiful. Um, 
So here's another thing that could be interesting if you would like to study details. You can look into the messianic prophecy or the prophecies in the Bible about the coming of Jesus and who Jesus would be. And it's all through the Old Testament in Numbers, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, and on. There are these prophecies about Jesus. And so I'm just going to give you one example today, or two actually. The first one is Zechariah 9.9. And it says, Rejoice, people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is riding and righteous and victorious. Yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And we see the fulfillment of these details in Luke 19 with what we celebrate today as Palm Sunday, right? Where Jesus comes into the city riding on a donkey and they put cloth and their cloaks down on the ground that he rides over and they have the palm branches shouting Hosanna. How about another one? Um, the Last Supper. God in details. Mark 14, 13 to 16. So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. <laughs> At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said. And they prepared the Passover meal there. I just think that's so amazing. Like you think about the details and what God had to do to make that work. Like why, why was the room set up? What the owner, why did he, I'm just going to set this up because someone's going to have a meal. You know, I, don't, I just can't wait to, as Ben says, sometimes see the movie in heaven of what, how that all plays out. It's just so amazing. So we can see from the Bible that God is a God of details. But we are also surrounded by his details every single day. And so we're going to have a little example in the natural today. So I want you to put your math hat on briefly. For those of you who don't like math, don't panic. It's okay. I will walk you through it. You will live. Um, so we're going to start with something called the Fibonacci sequence. All right, so how this works is, bear with me, this is easy, you can do this. Zero plus one is what? One. One plus one is what? Two. One plus two is three. Two plus three is five. Three plus five is eight. Five plus eight is 13, and so on. That is the Fibonacci sequence. Okay, so the math part's over. Now, for those of you who are visual learners, we're going to get to that part, okay? <laughs> so here is a graphic representation of that number. Does that maybe look a little familiar to you? No? <laughs> All right. So let's look at how this number shows up through creation. All right. This is, this is fun. All right. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. This number is represented in the top left-hand corner is the spiral of sunflower seeds in a sunflower. The right is a pine cone. The spiral of the pine cone seeds is that number. Romanesco or Roman cauliflower is the bottom left-hand corner. The spiral that that creates is the Fibonacci number. And so are pineapples. That one's a little hard to see, but there wasn't a good example of it. But trust me, it's there. So... Um, 
Let's keep going. The shell of a nautilus is a good example of Fibonacci's number. The outside of the snail shell there also represents that number. A ram's horn and certain other horns have that same spiral mathematically that works out. So the bottom right-hand corner, a little curious, might look something like Chiquetta is more familiar with in her job. Does anyone want to guess what on earth that bottom right-hand corner thing is? Any wild guesses? Germs, that's a good guess. No, what'd you say? Bacteria. Bacteria, good guess. But no, it's actually <laughs> the ovaries <laughs> of an anglerfish. <laughs> and it is that Fibonacci number. So if you're not sure what an anglerfish is, if you've watched Finding Nemo, <coughs> this may make it look a little more familiar. So this deep sea creature inside its body celebrates the Fibonacci number. <laughs> All right, so what about our own bodies? There's actually a lot of examples of our own bodies that are represented in different ways, but we'll just look at two. The helix of our DNA spiral is basically Fibonacci's number. The cochlea, the, the picture on the right, is the inside of our ear, and that purple swirl that looks kind of like a snail shell is inside your ear, and that is Fibonacci's number. So we've gone very small. Let's go bigger. You ready? Hurricanes. How they swirl and turn is Fibonacci's number, the spiral that they create. So let's go even bigger. Galaxies. How they swirl and how their arms reach out into the universe is Fibonacci's number. If you're curious, this is actually galaxy NG22336, which is 100 million light years from Earth. And it is still celebrating the same number that God put in creation. How amazing is all of that? From something so tiny to something so vast, it is repeated over and over. And this is only a minute number of examples that I could have chosen. To represent this today. God is so detailed, he follows the same pattern through everything. So that's nice. God, God is in details, but how does this help us? Why does this matter? Why is it important to us in our daily lives that God is in the details? All right, so this means that if God's in the details, God sees what, who we are and what we're going through in detail. So we see this in Genesis 16, the story of Hagar, who was driven into the wilderness because of the mistreatment of another woman. And an angel comes and speaks to her and talks to her about what the future will bring and how she is supposed to respond in that moment and ongoing. And so after she has this interaction with the angel, she refers to God as the one who sees me. And she names her son Ishmael, and that means God hears. God saw her and what was going on and brought detail and structure into her life that was scattered. Well, what about Matthew 10:30 and Luke 12:7, the words of Jesus, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. 
and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. The very number hairs on your head are numbered. That just to me keeps makes me feel like God is busy, right? Because took a shower, brushed my hair today. God had to subtract quite a few hairs from the number on my head. But he is into the details of even our human bodies. So the next thing is, number two, God knew we couldn't accomplish all our details alone, so he gave us others. In Genesis, we see the creation of Adam and Eve, right? And God created two of them so that they could work together and not be alone. And the interesting thing to me when I was thinking through this is we also see in Genesis that God walked in the garden with them. I can't wait for that day in heaven where I get to walk through a garden with God. What a beautiful moment. And yet even though God was there in such a personal, close way, God said that they needed each other. So God gave us humans as another layer of security and help beyond himself. So God knew we could not accomplish all the details alone, so he gave us others. We also see examples in this, right, in the book of Ruth, where Naomi loses her husband and loses her sons, and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, decides to stay with her. And it's such a beautiful picture of God providing someone in Naomi's life where she would have been destitute alone and alone, and God gave her such grace through this process. We see it with Jesus and his disciples, both men and women, that he relied on to help him financially and physically and in ministry. In his human form, even though Jesus was God, in his human form, he needed help to fulfill his ministry on earth. So the beautiful thing about this is if Jesus needed help to do something on earth, it's okay if we do too right? If Jesus brought people around him for help and comfort and support and love, we can do the same thing with Jesus as our example. Number three, God is in details of every size. We already talked about that with creation. But from someone who's known as a detailed person that has every little detail down and organized to someone who is a visionary and sees you know, like the galaxies, the big picture. Both of those personalities and types are a reflection of who God is in the details. Just different versions of him. So whether you are a detailed person or a visionary person, you are reflecting God in that. You are made in his image. You are reflecting him. Number four, God's attention to details can be very practical. This is one of my favorite things (laughs) in the Bible. In Deuteronomy 29.5, this is Moses talking to the Israelites, and he says, For 40 years I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and sandals did not wear out. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other alcoholic drink, but he, God, provided for you food so you would know that he is the Lord your God. How many mothers would love it if your, shoe, your kids' shoes and clothes just grew with them? 
you wouldn't have to go to the shoe store every couple months when they're young and buy shoes. It would just grow with them. When the Israelites left Egypt, they kind of had an idea that, oh, this is you know, a couple days. We'll be good. We'll be in the promised land and, and things are going to be fun and, and, you know, yay, this is going to be great. <laughs> and then they end up being in there for years and years and years wandering in the wilderness. And so when they left, they weren't prepared for the years and years and years. But God knew what was coming because he's in the practical details of our life. And so he made it so that they didn't have to worry about their shoes and clothes. He made it so that they didn't have to worry about their food, the manna that came down from heaven, the quails that he brought to them. God practically saw for what they need. We also see this in Matthew and Mark when Jesus feeds thousands of people with just a couple loaves of bread and fish. All these people come to Jesus on the mountainside, or maybe I bet some of them were just walking by. We're like, what is happening over there? Let me go see. And they're not prepared. They didn't bring their lunch. They didn't know how long they were going to be there, and they were hungry, and God provides the practical needs of their bodies with food. Ben mentioned just recently, Acts 11, 27, and 29, uh, the church in Antioch, a man named Agabus, prophesies there would be a famine on the entire Roman world, so that church gathers money and sends the money to other churches. God is providing practically for the needs of his church. So I, I have an excerpt here about kind of the practical details of life and how God can be in them. And this is an excerpt from my journal. Before you feel guilty about I'm not journaling, there's a year and a half between this entry and the one previous. So, (laughs) but I want to read this to you. This past Monday, I was so tired and decided that if I still felt the same way on Tuesday, I would cancel playgroup. So I had a playgroup where moms would just come to my house and Our kids would play and we would talk. I felt better on Tuesday, so I decided to go ahead. If I had any idea what getting ready was going to be like, I would have canceled. Gideon was was one, he does not do this anymore, and Charlotte was three. But Gideon was clingy and whiny. Charlotte was tired and kept hurting herself. Every few minutes, I'd have to stop doing something to help one of them. I spent quite a while cleaning, all while holding Gideon. I seriously thought I would not be able to take a shower before people came. At some point, I went into our room, mine and Ben's room, and discovered that Pele, our dog, had pooped on the bed, (laughs) which he never did. I cleaned that up, did a few more things, and then I went to Charlotte's room to get the kids dressed. I then discovered that our cat, Rigatoni, had peed on her bed, (laughs) which she never did. At some point, I felt an unction to stop and pray and said a prayer for grace and peace over the playgroup that women would feel safe to talk about anything. Yes. And that is exactly what happened. <laughs> I had women come. One of them opened up and shared something, some pain that she had been dealing with. We prayed with her. God met her. And I ended this journal entry by saying, God is so good. I had all of these plans and necessities and things I need to get done. And then on top of the stuff I had already planned, everything else was crazy. But God knew that that crazy was coming. And when I stopped and paused, there was a transfer of stress and anxiety and pressure for his grace and his goodness. And honestly, his perspective, right? 
that I paused and was like, okay, God, you've got to help this place be your place so that when women come, they can talk. And so God practically helped me through (laughs) the craziness of that. And sometimes we can get so overwhelmed by details. Especially as moms, right? There's doctor visits, meal prep, errands, working to earn money, chores, calendar coordination, and so many things that we are juggling as women. And this can make us feel like the details are pulling us away from what's truly important, right? But this is why I chose this message today. Because let me encourage you that if God is in the details, it's okay if we are too. Amen. Amen. (laughs) If God is in the details, it is okay if we are too. If you have weeks where you are feeling completely overwhelmed by what is ahead of you, God is already there in the details. He's running ahead of you to give you grace, perspective, maybe wisdom or creativity and how you can manage and juggle those things. He's giving you peace and wisdom for how to deal with temper tantrums and things like that. God cares about the details. He knows that we live in this world where things like doctor's appointments and grocery shopping have to happen. And so those things are okay for us to do. And this is one verse that has helped me a lot, especially when my kids were much younger. (laughs) Colossians 3, 16 and 17, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankful hearts and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. What is this verse not saying? So it is talking about songs and hymns and spiritual songs, but it doesn't say, and whenever you do these things, these songs and hymns and spiritual songs and counseling, do it as a representative. He says, whatever. So if whatever is in there, can that include you doing the dishes? Yes. Can it include you grocery shopping? Yes. Can it include the work you do to make money? Yes. We can do everything as worship to our Father, Mm -hmm. to glorify Him, to praise Him. Our opportunities as mothers to be one of the main sources of grace and training and life and love and a representative of Jesus to our children God loves that. God loves that. And he loves when we do the things like laundry that help our kids go to school in clean clothes. Unless they wear the same outfit every day for a week, that's fine too. I did that. (laughs) When we are feeling overwhelmed by details, we can remember that God is a God of details. Mm -hmm. That he sees us and our details. And that we can give ourselves some grace for the details and ask for help from him and others. 
I'm double checking time. I don't have, what time is it? 12 after. Okay. So I want to end today by reading you something I wrote because I wouldn't be able to do this just off the top of my head. And this is for mothers, but also for all women, especially. Whether you are a mother, not yet a mother, you are a guardian of a child that is not biologically yours or have mothered children and people around you by showing grace, compassion, and love, you have been created by God with a mother's heart. Just like the infinite creativity that we see in God's creation of nature and the beautiful diversity of God's ultimate creative triumph in creating human beings, the heart of a mother takes many, many forms, many personalities, and many abilities. None of these are all present in one person. We are far from perfect. We are women of broken, sinful natures, forgiven and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We are all on the slow journey of maturing and growing in faith and deeds until someday we reach heaven and are folded into the arms of Jesus. Caring for the needy, whether it is an infant or a homeless woman on the street, is difficult. It's challenging. It makes us dig deep into wells of energy and wisdom we sometimes think is already dry. It can challenge our faith and ability to trust God. This is why we need each other. God, in his infinite wisdom, provided the church family. In it, we can link arms with other mothers' hearts. We can pray for each other. We can cry and laugh with each other. We can grow with and support each other. We can rely on the gifts that someone else has that we do not. In this church, I have seen meals, wisdom, and life experiences shared we have walked together through grief and pain and rejoiced in prayers answered and dreams realized. We have cleaned each other's homes and weeded each other's yards, and wow, have we helped people move from one home to another. But I can feel a call from the Holy Spirit, encouraging us to dig deeper into these relationships. Rely more, help more, love more, be more transparent, and be more vulnerable. Like Ecclesiastes 4 says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help, but someone who fail, falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. I can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. God's presence and the gifts that he pours out on us are life-giving and they sustain us. But we were also created for human relationships and support. I need you. You need me. We all need each other, and it's in the details of our lives where stuff gets messy and really beautiful things happen. Today, the challenge of the Holy Spirit is to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to make yourself available, but together, all of us, not just one trying, but a group effort, all together as a church family, we can demonstrate the full spectrum of a mother's heart. Whether you are in this process of linking arms with, 
oh, excuse me, wherever you are in this process of linking arms with others, let's all choose to take one step closer to the women around us. And for you men, one step closer to the men around you. This is a, a church call that I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying. Amen. So one of the things that I felt in particular is that as women, and especially the women in our church, I think it is astonishingly beautiful is your capacity and desire to help. It's incredible. And I see it over and over and over again, and not just in your families with your kids and your spouses, but with people in your neighborhoods and on the street and in the grocery store and wherever else that this compassion is put out there. But if you caught, one of the things I talked about is being vulnerable and being okay with asking for help. I'm, I'm guilty of being neither of these things, so this is not just me trying to rag on you, it's, it's me too, right? <laughs> that we as women pour out and pour out and pour out and often are dry, but we're also not providing areas and space for us to be poured into. And church is great for that. Being in worship, hearing the word of God, hugging each other, seeing each other is such a good thing. Mm -hmm. But we can do more. But it's a scary place. Because if I'm sitting down one-on-one with someone and they start asking me questions, that can be scary. But there's such a beauty in the vulnerability and a beauty in the linking arms and the beauty of knowing where each other's strengths and weaknesses are so that, like I said earlier, together, together, we complement each other. Mm-hmm. And all together, as a church body, we reflect the bigger image of who God is. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, This whole thing of being created in your image is such a mystery to me. And such a beautiful thing that each of us carry a stamp indelibly on our personality and our our giftings and abilities of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I it's also so crazy to me that you would enter into this relationship with us, that you would join with us into this, that we would together have the ability to proclaim your glory, to proclaim your salvation. And the mystery of your church and how you brought us together, united in in the common interest of you. God, I just pray for every woman here today, God, is that you and every person here today That as you have put this call into my heart of us needing to link arms more, just take another step wherever we are in this journey, just another step of being available, of being vulnerable. God, I pray that you would help this, help us in this process, because God, relationships are painful, and sometimes they're scary. And like even we see with that story of Hagar, Father, where she is so wounded by another woman. And yet you gave her the grace to go back to that woman. 
And so God, I pray for anyone here today that has had painful relationships that would make it difficult for them to dig deeper, to take another step into relationships with other people. God, I pray for a supernatural healing of emotions and hearts right now. Holy Spirit, help us to open up to what you would point out, to open up to what you would say to us so that we can be healed and whole. Heal broken relationships. Let forgiveness be poured out and bitterness released in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray for those who are afraid of rejection. God, where they're feeling, if, if people really knew who I, were, who I am, if they knew what I think, if they knew what I've done, if they knew how I feel or that I've done this thing, they're not going to want to be around me, so I'm going to hide it. God, I pray that you would break that off of people right now. God, that we could be truly vulnerable with each other, that we can have the opportunity to pour out grace and mercy where it is needed, and that, God, people would be able to heal and feel your love in ways that they did not know was possible. God, take away insecurities. Take away a sense of rejection. Do not let the lies of the enemy that would try to isolate us come and take over our minds and emotions, but instead, let there be freedom. God, let there be a joy in relationships, a peace in relationships, an encouragement that spurs us on to greater things. And God, for those who are insecure and feel like they would have nothing to offer in a relationship, God, that's such a lie that our enemy tries to tell as well, Father, that we are worthless, that we're not smart enough, we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, we don't do, can't do this, that person can, I can't. God, I pray that you would stop the cycle of those emotions and thoughts right now by the power of your Holy Spirit and that we would remember that each of us are crafted, handcrafted by you with beautiful abilities and personalities and things that we all have to offer and give that will bless other people. God, help us to see who we are in you. Give us your perspective so that we can freely share ourselves with other people. God, help us as a church family to invest in each other and celebrate who each other are. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Thank you for listening today and coming and participating in worship and your open hearts and your love for each other. And again, happy Mother's Day. And for all of you who have been in past in-person services where the flowers appear, I know some of you have been already choosing while I've been speaking which plant you are going to take home. But for those of you (laughs) who aren't familiar with it, every mom gets to take home one of these plants up here. If you are not sure what to do with said plant, we have some fabulous gardeners in here already, Rebecca Cook and Kristen and Christina. I think would be happy to share their wealth of gardening knowledge with you and to show you how to care for these plants. And if the plant just terrifies you, you don't have to take one. That's okay too. (laughs) But I hope that if you do take one home and even the fact that they're here today would remind you that you are loved and you are appreciated and that you are prayed for all the time. Yes. And we're so thankful that you are a part of our church. Have a wonderful day. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you all.